You have 24 minutes, the podcast from 24 Hour Nation. My name is Randall White. In cities across America, permits, regulations, and ordinances make it difficult for above board planners of after hours events to be treated differently than unscrupulous planners. However, one Dallas event producer named, yes, John Wayne, wants to do it the right way. We'll have an eye-opening conversation with John about after-parties and why they are essential to a segment of our society, how there is not a very clear regulatory path for those wanting to present nighttime events, and an idea that might just help. Here are 24 Minutes with John Wayne. My name is John Wayne. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and I am co-founder and partner with an after-hour club here in Dallas called Jack's House Dallas. After Hours is typically uh, after the club shut down at like 2 a.m. So we, we go from like 2 to, you know, 4, sometimes 6. And um, I book a bunch of uh, local DJs. We mainly stick to like house music. So we're 21 and up, very mature crowd. And uh, I've been doing After Hours in Dallas for a long time, better half of 15 years. Um, and my partner has been doing it a little bit longer. Um, we've had this particular after hours program for about four years. Before the pandemic, my partner was doing it with some other people. Um, and then the, the venue had shut down during the pandemic. And then uh, as things started to reopen, um, him and I got together and we brought it back. And um, since then, we've had it in a few different venues because um, after hours in Dallas, um, it's pretty, pretty heavy regulated. Um, you know, you have to have the right permits, you know, CO, you have to be compliant with code and with fire. Uh, but they also have a requirement for a dance permit and for after hour permits. For the longest time, as uh, I guess you would say an underground club promoter, um, there's never, we've never really known how to do uh, after hours um, and you know the right way as far as it being completely legal and uh, with code and all this stuff and there's always been like exceptions to the rules of having a dance permit um, you know there's ways you can get around it as far as like uh, religious organizations or um, like a dance school or some kind of an SOB things like that which it's never really fit an after hour program. Um, honestly, a lot of people kind of skirt around it by doing it that way. You know, 24-hour Dallas uh, kind of really is what brought it out in the light. And, it, you know, after our operators such as myself has seen that as a way for us to have like a real transparent relationship with city officials. And they have given us a blueprint uh, as how to operate an after hours, you know, legally. Lately, they uh, they came up with this new ordinance called the Promoter Ordinance, and they've required promoters, uh, commercial promoters such as myself, which is defined as somebody that uh, promotes an event and is receiving, uh, you know, percentages or income from ticket sales um, and things of that nature. So I fall under that category. Well, they've all required us to get a, a promoter permit with the city. Like 175 bucks, and it's good for two years, but it allows you to throw events. But the venues that you're operating in, they also have to reapply for an operator permit, which is an extra, you know, um, process. And we make sure that there's safety plans and procedures and protocols and site maps, all that stuff put in place. Well, 
we have a venue in downtown Dallas currently that is operating as a commercial amusement inside, which is the, the, you know, the actual usage of the facility, but we don't have a liquor license. So we're not selling alcohol, um, which, you know, if you're selling alcohol in Texas, typically you can only have a dance permit that goes till 2 a.m. So they shut everything down at 2 a.m. Um, but since we don't have a liquor license, we are, well, we thought we were allowed to, uh, you know, have our doors open. There's no restrictions to hours of operation. Um, so I've applied for the promoter permit. Um, I, I was given the promoter permit, um, very specific as to what we do as far as being an after-hour dance club. Uh, and the city green-lighted it. So we were good. The venue got their permit as well. Um, I applied for all the proper paperwork and everything and submitted all the plans and everything that they asked. Um, but then they did come back and they're like, well, you do need to have a dance permit and after hours permit and things like that. So I'm actually after this uh, meeting, I'm, I'm meeting with an attorney right now uh, to uh, consult with as far as like applying for the dance permits and things of that nature. Um, so we're going to get that ball rolling. Um, I do know that it's a 30-day process, uh, and the approval of that comes from the chief of police. Um, so they have to see that your after-hour program is not a nuisance. You're not on the habitual nuisance list because there are a lot of operators that are operating without permits. And you know, the thing is, is Dallas Dallas has a problem with a lot of uh, illegal after parties, and it's because after parties are essential. You know, like people go to clubs. I mean, we're a very vibrant nightlife. You know, we've got really good clubs. You know, the club owners here really take pride in their production. And, you know, they're bringing in some amazing artists and things like that. So we're pretty spoiled when it comes to our entertainment. But, you know, after 2 a.m., people want to go places, you know, and they will go anywhere. I mean, they'll go to a warehouse. They'll go to someone's house or, you know, they'll go to an illegal after party because they don't know any better, right? And, you know, I think having these regulations in place, you know, I used to be real against you know, the dance permit because I just, I think it was a silly rule. I mean, it really does feel like footloose, you know, like this is our first amendment freedom of expression. We have the right to pursue happiness. Like there's all these things, but now that I've been operating my, my after hours and my business and, you know, I really, and I've been asking all the questions I'm going to the city a lot to, you know, uh, cause I'm trying to get like another space too. And like that takes a lot of due diligence, you know? And so in doing all of that, I've learned a lot of the protocols and, you know, I, I feel that the regulations are important because without compliance, there is chaos, you know? And I, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm pro this promoter ordinance because um, I feel like it will separate, uh, you know, shady promoters from operators such as myself and some of my, you know, my associates to take this seriously because we want to be a safe alternative for these after hour places that people are tending to you know to go to you know and instead of going to you know an illegal warehouse or someone's house where it's not regulated i mean anything could happen there you know coming to a place that is uh safe you know like i i, I really really strive hard to provide safe environments for you know my patrons and we we hire off-duty police officers you know we have a full professional security company 
Um, we have an internal team as well, um, you know, and we're uh, not in some uh, industrial warehouse district off the beaten path. Like we're in the middle of downtown, like right, you know, in the heart of things. So we really need to be above board as much as possible. So that's what I'm doing now. Um, I've been working with 24-Hour Dallas a little bit to have these conversations with the city and stuff. Um, you know, we're going to apply for the permits and we're going to see how that goes. It should take about 30 days. Um, so, you know, we're being very compliant. You know, they came in and technically, like, you can operate without these permits, but you are subjected to uh, fines. Um, they start off kind of in a civil uh, situation, but if you continue to, uh, you know, operate without the permits, like they can progress, the tickets get more expensive and then it can become a criminal situation. Okay. And you mentioned, you mentioned 24 hour Dallas for people who are listening, 24 hour Dallas is an advocacy organization for the nighttime in Dallas and the city of Dallas. It's a nonprofit organization. I actually happened to found and served as its first board president, but it's working to elevate nightlife and it's being embraced by a, a, a nine to five thinking in the city of Dallas. So well, tell me a little bit about after hours. What does that mean? When's it start? When's it end? You say you do not serve alcohol. So typically um, we start at 2 a.m. Um, and, you know, city ordinances, uh, a dance hall after hour permit lets you go till 4 a.m. Um, right. Some of them kind of, you know, teeter on the time a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, typically it's, it's after 2 a.m. until, you know, before the sun comes up, cause I'm not trying to go home when the sun's coming up. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I live like 30 minutes outside of Dallas and I have a four-year-old son, so I'm not right. trying to stay out that late, but, um, after hours, you know, it's a, it's a culture that's been around. I mean, Dallas has had after hours for a long time. I mean, I first went to my first after hours which was called Afterlife and back in 2000, early 2000. And uh, that's when I discovered the whole after hour scene. I'm originally from Waco, Texas, so I wasn't really used to, you know, EDM nightclubs and stuff like that. I went to my very first electronic music event at American Airlines Center, this uh, big show called Zenfest. And then the after party was at the Lizard Lounge. Unfortunately, uh, they're no longer open. Um, they uh they've actually moved over to another venue called It'll Do, which is the staple of sure. you know house and techno here in Dallas now. Um, but after that, I went to my first after hours. It was called uh, Afterlife, and I fell in love, man. Like I was, you know, I was like 18 years old, and I'm just like never seen anything like this before in my life. And just the the love and the community of people and the music and just the culture. And from there, you know, I uh, I just started to come back frequently and stuff and then eventually just decided to make that my life uh you know passion um so i moved to dallas um and then i started uh throwing my own shows um and then i started to learn to dj and so i you know i've done you know tons of events and when i was 25 i had an after hours out here in dallas called uh, dark side um we were doing a lot of people i was booking like 30 djs a week i had five rooms um, you know, and it was, it was really cool. Um, the city did try to shut it down at one point. Um, and they were trying to say that we couldn't get a dance permit within the district that we were located in, but the owners of the venue actually had the space uh, registered as a place of worship. It was a synagogue. 
So they were allowed to dance because we were protected by the First Amendment freedom of expression. And um, I had actually become an ordained minister during that time and try to legitimize everything. Well, tell me about this. So if we're talking about after parties and we're talking about a nightlife culture and a nightlife scene, as you referred to it, yeah. and there's a perception out there, of course, that anything that happens after dark is scary or dangerous, et cetera, et cetera. And, but what, what's the answer to break through? Is it legitimizing the after hours presenters in a way that makes more folks do this above board and, and vetted and everything? Is that what's going to make this be more acceptable? It just seems like there are so many roadblocks in cities across North America where they're yeah. throwing these barriers down for people wanting to do after hours events. Well, I think that it takes someone doing it the right way as an example. I mean, I know that you guys have done some studies with the, the things going on in Montreal, you know, and like you, you will never know what it's going to be like unless you actually allow for these things to occur. And, you know, uh, they have the regulations in place just to make sure like the right people are, are doing it, right? So there are after hours in Dallas that are open. They are legally operating. They have permits, you know, after our permits, dance permits. Um, but within the EDM culture, which is the right. electronic dance music, yep. um, you know, it's gotten a bad rap because, you know, drugs definitely play a lot into that culture. And there's been incidences where people have OD'd and, you know, and they all, it all gets wrapped up into the after hours, you know, because there are operators that are running it as a way to be able to sell drugs and, you know, traffic stuff, you know. And so, unfortunately, that's the kind of reputation that it carries, right? But when you have operators like me who, you know, use this as a way to get kids off of the streets, you know, like, even though it's not a ministry, this is my ministry, right? You know, I'm giving DJs and promoters because I pay them all, right? You know, and I'm giving them an opportunity to go out there and make money and be relevant in this scene. And, you know, if you're a DJ, like I, I really never got any opportunities handed to me. I've always had basically throw my own shows. So this is an opportunity for me to be able to give these DJs a platform you know, and the more and more they're involved, you know, out promoting on the streets and DJing in my, you know, my afters, they're not, they're not selling drugs. They're not out getting in trouble, you know, and I use it as an opportunity to, to minister to them, you know, cause I've been through a lot and I've seen a lot and I've been in the game for a long time. So I'm able to impart my wisdom on them and be a mentor to them. You know, and I have a lot of promoters that work for me. I have a lot of DJs. Our rosters are almost, you know, a hundred plus people. And so, and then our after hours, you know, we're bringing in anywhere from two to 300 people, you know, a weekend. And those people get to see us and vibe with us and we get to share life experiences with them and just let them know, like, you know, we're all about peace and love and unity, respect, but there's also responsibility and we got to be responsible, you know, because uh, to whom much is given, much is required. Like we have an opportunity to make a difference and, you know, have this place to dance. And what's cool is this is a, a way for people to sober up because they're not there. It's not like back in the day where it's ravers on drugs just getting completely hammered. Like this is, we're all grown up. We're all business people now. We're all families, you know, but 
we like to go out and have fun. And then, you know, if there's an after party, like it's a good opportunity since they're not, you know, selling alcohol, like to sober up, dance, go home. So is the answer here, particularly in the city of Dallas, but perhaps in any city, you mentioned Montreal. The city of Montreal is actually test driving um, 24-hour operations for, for dance events because they see, you talked about the economics of this. They see the potential for the city to generate yeah. additional revenue for the city in a way that also has um, uh, controls on it, make sure that the kids are safer when they're out at night. Is that, is that what you see as the answer in the city of Dallas is that the city understands and finally stops making it so difficult and allows a clear path for the legit event producer to stage these events. Is that the answer here? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, by allowing us uh, the opportunity to dance, I mean, they have allowed us, it's just these permits and, you know, my, my way of thinking before was like, these permits are so hard to obtain, like not, not many people can get it. They're expensive. It, it's all politics and stuff like that. But now that I'm actually in it, you know, I'm going to see what it takes. I'm going to see what the process is like, you know, and I'm going by what they told me to do. I mean, they literally told me when fire and code came into my venue the last time, whenever we, sh we voluntarily shut down, they said, just get your permits, just get your permits and we'll leave you alone kind of a thing. So I'm hoping that that's the case. Um, you know, now one thing that needs change, and I think this can be a solution, is the promoter ordinance that we've adopted here, I think is very valuable. It's very, you know, it's a very clean cut way of weeding out shady promoters from real ones. Um, the problem is, though, is, you know, mo most of these venues in Dallas, they don't have dance permits. A lot of them do not have dance permits. And you have to apply for a dance permit whenever you're applying for your CO right? When you apply for that, you know, like I said, that gets awarded to you by the chief of police and things like that. But a lot of venues, they don't, they don't get them because there's a confusion. There's not a lot of clarity as to what constitutes the dance floor, first of all. Right. And right. Why do you need, and why do you need one? So when I talked to code enforcement, they pretty much told me like, you see that empty space right there? That's a dance floor. If people are dancing on it, that's a dance floor. You need a dance permit. If you have a DJ booth also, like it, if you have a live performer or a DJ, you have to have a dance permit, regardless if there's dancing or not. So I feel with this promoter ordinance, I would like to propose to the city that we can create a portable dance permit that the promoter, such as myself, can apply for and I can go into any venue as long as it's compliant with fire and code. And if they don't have a dance permit, legally throw a dance party. Because the problem is now, like, I can go book any venue in Dallas and pack the place out. But the minute people dance, it's illegal. You know, now, do they really enforce it? They're not really enforcing much when it comes to 10 and 2 operations, normal right. nightclubs. Right. And I believe the main thing is, is because... It is a money thing, you know, it's a regulation thing. Places that are operating those hours, they're selling alcohol. So, you know, everybody is getting taken care of, you know, the city is getting, you know, taxes and all that stuff. After hours, there's really not much contribution going into the city as far as like, we would be running a legal operation. So taxes and stuff, obviously compliant with comptroller and things of that nature. But we're not selling alcohol, so there's really no tax revenue coming in from that. 
Gotcha. You know, if anything, they're just going to be taxing our business for, you know, what we do as far as admission and cover goes, right? So I think that if we were able to assign a promoter a dance permit, much like you can get a alcohol catering permit that right. allows you to go right. sell alcohol at other venues, this would allow me to throw dance parties at other venues that don't have this uh, dance permit. John, no, that's a that's a that's a brilliant idea. The portable dance permit makes a lot of sense. I'm speaking with John Wayne of Jack's House in Dallas. I'll post links to uh, to John and his uh, uh, event production group and his venue when I uh, post this podcast. I do have one other question I want to ask you. Yep. Word around the world is people aren't going out as much at night. Is that your experience? No. <laughs> Yeah, no, Dallas is very much alive. Um, I mean, during the pandemic, yeah, we all kind of, you know, we all took a seat back. The whole world went to live streaming and stuff like that. But the minute doors open, people were going stir crazy. Clubs are open. People are dancing. You know, um, we we have absolute amazing success with people wanting to come out and party, you know, because there's a lot to celebrate. You know, I mean, the world is in crazy chaos, but. You know, everybody is just fighting for their right to party. And uh, we're just doing everything we can to be responsible along the way. But yeah, Dallas is very much alive. And people definitely like to go out and party. Why are we making it so difficult for people who just want to dance? This has been Season 2, Episode 9 of 24 Minutes from 24 Hour Nation. Visit us at 24hournation.com and follow us on social media at 24hournation. My name is Randall White.